I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Sarah Keyword. And I'm Mickey Overman. And this is Thank Fuck For That, a podcast in which we hear stories from our guests about the moments in their lives that might have changed everything. Whether they are huge near misses or small, seemingly insignificant choices, we all have stories that we look back on and wonder, what if? Our guests will bring us their best Thank Fuck For That moment so we can delight in how different their lives could have been. Hello, Mickey. Hello. <laughs> you know what's weird? I felt like I knew you were gonna go LO. Really? That's so weird. You know me so well. Maybe. We're <gasps> we're two peas in a podcast studio. Oh, oh guys. Who likes <laughs> <laughs> Is that a pun? Yeah, that's a pun. Mm. A pod? Oh! Yeah. Oh, did you not get it? <laughs> I'm better than I think. Yeah. No, it's better that you didn't know. No, I didn't know. Because otherwise I... it's like such a dad joke. Yeah. But now it's just like... A fluke. A fluke. Wow. Goodness me. How are you, Sarah? I'm very well. Oh, I'm better now after that. <laughs> Heart rate's up. So I'm, I'm very well. Um, I've had, I had the maddest experience I think I will ever... One of the craziest experiences I think I'll ever have in my life uh, last week. I... Um, Hit me. Okay. <laughs> so I can also <laughs> have a mad experience. Uh, um, I, I was doing some filming for BBC Bite Size because they're trying to push their apprenticeship uh, week, whatever. Uh, they have a week for apprenticeships. They're trying to push apprenticeships on people. Oh, um, I love that. So they're making everybody do an apprenticeship. You should go out and do an apprenticeship. I genuinely would have loved to do that. Yeah. I think it's good. They were not pushing it when I was a child. No, they were not. They were pushing us away from it. Basically. You're pushing you towards uni. That gives you nothing. We were do told that there were two apprenticeships and it was hairdressing and building. And I didn't want to do either of them. But you could do an apprenticeship in all sorts of things. Yes. And you'll find that out on BBC Bite Size. Yes. Um, but I did some filming where they were like sending comedians into different uh, apprenticeship scenarios. Fun. I went to a firefighting college. <gasps> and I fought a damn fire. I'd, I ripped a car door off of a car with a big 
jaws of, I mean, speaking of near-death experiences. Wait, so they simulate a fire? No, I was in a fire. No, what, an actual fire happened? An actual fire. I went into a fire. What? They put all the gear on me. First thing that happens is they size you for an oxygen mask. All of the gear is far too big for me. Yeah. They're like, wait, can we get anything smaller? Yeah. At one point, somebody said, I have some tissue if we need to stuff the boots. That's how small I was in this firefighter college. They were saying that like, there's a lot of changes happening, but the gear is fortunately being made smaller now because more women are doing it, which is Mm -hmm. great stuff. But for a very long time, the gear was just inaccessibly big. Um, So they found me some stuff, shoved it all on. The way that they fit your oxygen mask when you're a firefighter is they put it on your face and then to make it airtight because they can't have any kind of like loose gaps is that they just cut off your oxygen supply and it's like the moment you feel it tight, you you won't be able to breathe, but the moment you feel it tighten, give me a thumbs up. So that's the first thing that happened when I got there and then they put all this gear on me. Wait, but then what happened? And then the oxygen starts flowing. And then they re- reattach it or whatever and, they, yeah, and then the oxygen starts flowing. Wow. Yeah. So that's like, de- like step one. Uh, then they taught me to roll a hose, which I already knew. Mm. But the unrolling is quite hard. Okay. Because you have to flick it and then keep moving. It's a lot of momentum. You have to be quite strong. Then I ripped a car door off of a car. With, you can't do that? No, I did it with a, with a machine. Okay, great. With yeah, a, with a clippy, I think it's the Jaws of Life thing. Mm. Did that. That was terrifying. Jaws of Life. And then they were like, do you want to go in the hot box? And I was like, what's the hot box? And it's just basically like a massive metal shipping container. A bit like this. Um, and they light it on fire. Yeah, right. Okay, so they set, they set something on fire for you to fight. Yeah. Okay, I but, thought just you were doing this apprenticeship and, 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 you know. Oh, no, I didn't go. Like the alarm bell started ringing and they were like, Sarah, you're in. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to like a domestic house fire. Okay, good. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. I'm like carrying a woman out. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's like, what I was thinking. You getting this on film? <laughs> yeah. You like I fought a fire. I'm like God. Well, I did. I should f- not have let you do that. Yeah, right. Okay. It, it was a simulation. But still, it's a fire. But it was a real fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you. Sorry, I'm not trying to d- downplay what you did. No, I'm not trying you, to minimize your. Experience. It's right that you did downplay it because I don't want anyone thinking that like, if you go on an apprenticeship. Yeah, day one. Yeah, they're like <laughs> you're out there. Get in the van. <laughs> Grab that hose. <laughs> Suddenly you're running up a tower. So anyway, it's, but it was, it was an amazing place. It's very, very cool. But then they but like they light this big thing on fire and I'm in it with, with a man as well. He you're was, in it? Was yeah, with a man. With, oh, good, yeah. yeah. Oh, they got you a man? They got me a big man. Oh, okay, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fit in the boots. He fit in the, fortunately fit in the boots. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then they light it on fire and it was, like there was the flames were like above my head like and it was apparently 600 apparently was 600 degrees in this box oh my god and you can't see anything there's just smoke everywhere huh celsius i don't know which one do we use here celsius yeah will be celsius i reckon then because it was in it was in the uk wasn't it um it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was UK, it was UK fire. Yeah, it was UK fire. Yeah, so that's Celsius. Celsius grade. Um, and then I got to fire the hose at it. But do you want to see a picture? Absolutely. And we have to put this in stories. It was, it was, I, I can't even because it's they use it to study like um, the behavior of fire basically. So that's me in the middle. Whoa! Fighting a fire. Oh, it really does look like it's a little boy. Yeah, we have to put this on. Significantly smaller oh, than yeah, everyone else. Oh, yeah, And um. And there's me post-fire. Yeah, this one I saw. 
You have yeah. to show Lucas the, the, the photo of you. Okay. In, in the, I'll show Lucas. Yeah. In the fire. You can airdrop it and I can put it on the screen if you want. No, no, just, just so we'll put it in stories. That's her in the middle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's me. In the oh fire. wow. You're fighting that fire. I'm really I'd be fighting. scared if I was that fire. Yeah. Well, it was scared. Yeah. It was crying. And <laughs> it, it was like, no. <laughs> yeah, don't do this. Well, it really is on your side. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Money can buy you happiness, Mickey. It really can. Wow, so that's amazing. It was, yeah, it was wild. And it's made me realise, I do not want to be in a fire. Nice. I didn't know that before. <laughs> you didn't know that before? Yeah, but it turns wow. out I don't want my flat to burn down. Did you get I'm to just... go down the pole? Didn't go down the pole, actually. Oh. Yeah, that's because I kind of thought the whole day would be like sliding down poles, climbing up ladders kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It was sort of like the, the glamorous side of... Uh, I thought maybe like shoot a calendar or something like that, you know? <laughs> they, but, set a, they set a house on fire. Yeah, they set they yeah. set a house on fire and um, we ran out of time, but we were going to do this like thing where they have these massive... So you just left it on? Yeah, I just left, <laughs> left it burning. <laughs> It'll sort itself out. Out of time, guys. These things tend to. <laughs> um, they have this big like building... And they use it as like a simulation building. So they light the building on fire and they have to do it in the dark. So they turn all the lights off. And oh, my God. To like negotiate this building. Yeah. And they fill it with hay to try and make black smoke. They don't want clean smoke. They want like domestic house fire smoke. So that's what they were doing. And uh, and my heart rate was at 156 or something. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That was just looking at the pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> So how's your week been? <laughs> we so should have started with me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I'm really excited to tell you about it. Though. Yeah, no, I get it, but I We can edit it round. Yeah, no, I don't think we should. Yeah. Let's just let's start with a very exciting Sarah story and then just get like bore everybody to tears with my life. No. Well I just We have... could just skip this bit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't. I was I was gonna tell you because I went and had um had Sunday lunch. <laughs> it's a little boring compared to fire, but I had Sunday lunch with the girl I used to nanny for, which I was oh, like telling so nice. you about because we were nannies at the same time. Yeah, that's real nice. Yeah, it was really nice. How she's, is she? She's almost turning eighteen. Fuck no. I know that's mad. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I took care of her when she was like eleven to yeah yeah yeah. Whatever, but um, but that really is it does show the passage of time, doesn't it? It's just so mad. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what is mad to me as well is like, like I moved out of my house when I was seventeen, and she's a child. Do yeah, you know what I mean, it's like looking at her and she's so little, and you're like, that's how little I was. When it's I like was you're there. a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's uh, there's absolutely no way that you should leave your parents' mm-hmm. house at this stage. No, and and she is more innocent, I think, than when I, I was at that age. But still, it's like, but to look at her, you're a baby. You're a child. Mm-hmm. It's so mad to me. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, she listens to this. So, hey, Frankie. Oh, hi, Frankie. How you doing? Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it was really, really nice. It was just, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I've been having a lot of like, I feel like my life's probably going to change a lot this year, mm-hmm. and it's just weird seeing the passage of time because it's like I've been in England from when she was like 10 to 18. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's such a, for me, it doesn't feel like that much has changed. Her entire teens. But her entire, like that's such a significant time. She's gone from being an actual literal child to an adult. Yeah. That's amazing. That was very nice. That's real nice. Again, we should have started with It's a nice thing to do. No, 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 we both had big weeks. No, no. You fought, fought a fire and I ate 
carrots. Who did you save? You, know, you ate carrots? Yeah, that you didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> You're leaving out the details. <laughs> Just carrots? <laughs> Okay. What else do you have? I don't want it. I don't Tell want to. Tell me. No, everything I say is just going Come to. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Spill the beans. No, Sarah, stop it. You can't make me tell you what I ate. Dish. Go on, dish. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very nice. Uh, Whatever. Anyway, should we, uh, should we intro? Let's get a guest in the room. Our guest today is Fern Brady. Yeah. Which is amazing. Need we say more? Yes. Yeah, we'll say more. Fern Brady is amazing. She is a comedian, obviously, and a writer and a podcaster. And she's just so funny, isn't she? And just all out delight. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been gushing to literally everybody mm-hmm. I've, I've met saying, like, you have to see her on Taskmaster. She's so good. Oh, my God. She yes. was amazing on Taskmaster. She, she, yeah, just an outstanding. Just the perfect candidate for I I just yeah. yeah I just I just loved every single second of her mm-hmm. on screen so uh, if you haven't seen that you absolutely have to check it out but um but in the meantime before you listen to her here <laughs> let's get a ring ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Should we start? Let's do it. And okay. I'm sure I have a near miss story. <laughs> well, I've got ones out the um out my book. So I've got to promote that book so much. It's, you have to just really like promote it. Really hard. go on about the book, yeah. All the time. Yeah. But it's so much harder to promote a book than a tour show. Tour shows are easy, I think. Um <laughs> But I just sometimes when I've told stories from the book, the people hosting the podcast look appalled. So I'm just trying to no, think how to frame it. Let's do it. Yeah, whatever you have. Well, what about, I mean, I think this is a nice story. Great. No, it is pleasant. So my, my parents, well, mainly my mum, used to kick me out of the house all the time when I was 17. And I would go through the same ritual every time I got kicked out. I would pack essentials, the journals of Sylvia Plath and Sexton's Poetry, my Prozac and some eyeliner and one pair of pants, no right. toothbrush. Um, and then I would just like go to the library, wander around town crying. Um, my friends were all at school. Um, and one of the first times I got kicked out, I walked into this corner shop crying. And then the man that ran the corner shop was really grumpy normally. But then when he saw that I was crying, he was like, oh, what's wrong? And I was like, I've been kicked out of the house. So then he used to let me sit with him in the shop 
and I was meant to be going to uni to do Arabic, so he said he would help practice um, Arabic with me. Um, and then there was one time he was like, oh, my wife's coming in just now. We're getting a divorce, uh, but if she asks, you work as an assistant for me in the shop. And I was like, okay. So I was just sitting on my little stool behind the... Did he think you were having an affair? <laughs> I don't know. Cause like I was an like, emotional affair. Well, yeah, practicing yeah. Arabic. Well, I, I was like, why have I say that they're... I don't know why he's trying to reassure me because as far as I was aware we just sat and read the papers together we used to like read horoscopes to each other and I just um, thought well this is nice that I now have a 65 year old Pakistani man as a friend because yeah. I was kind of open iconic to me <laughs> yeah. I was really open to Explicit being sex. friends with anyone Yeah, <laughs> and then he used to take me to Pizza Hut and I remember thinking, why escalating, is yeah, <laughs> it escalating? It is escalating. There's no second location. But he was really hungry. Um, and right. I, I'd, he'd get me a Pizza Hut buffet, but then he wouldn't eat anything. He would just sit watching me while I ate my pizza. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... I mean, there's, there's well, presumably there. he would go back to his wife who had cooked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was... Oh, nice. I never thought of that! Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to turn up home and be like, I've eaten. I've eaten pizza. Oh, with my a God. With a 17-year-old. Yeah, and then he also would top up my phone for me. Um, and then it was only like two or three years ago, I watched this uh, TV show about the grooming scandals in the north of England and like all the things they were doing in it. I was like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> 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 but he did eventually like one day because I just hung out with him and got like pizza and phone yeah, top ups yeah. and then uh, he was like you must go home and I was like I can't go home they, they're not going to take me back and he was like I'll drive you home and then he drove me back home so maybe he was just a nice he sounds like groomer he sounds like a good guy yeah. well that's what I was telling or he telling. changed his mind he's hung up his grooming he yeah he changed my mind <laughs> his, yeah he maybe just thought she seems like too much hassle <laughs> Maybe I was smelly. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you didn't have that. a yeah, you didn't have a toothbrush. Completely ungroomable. Yeah, yeah. And um because I was telling my Where dad. Where were you staying then? Oh, I was staying a mix between the guy I was going out with at the time and then one of my friends whose mum was, was like liberal and she was divorced and read The Guardian. Yeah. Uh, she let me stay sometimes and then I would go back to my mum's then she would kick me out again and I would do the whole circuit yeah, yeah, again yeah. but I was telling my dad about it because I was getting him ready for what was going to be in the book and he was like maybe he was just a nice man he yeah. sounds like a lovely man and I was like that's such a parent response <laughs> I know if anything went wrong it was my fault it sounds like he was just a good guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man I just don't think old men do anything to be good like that. I'm quite cynical now. I think very, very rarely. And I don't think they ask you to lie to their wives if, if everything's like above board. Yeah, yeah. I remember being like, I was rehearsing in my head. I am an assistant in the shop. I am an assistant in the shop trying to get the lie right. But uh, so is that a near miss? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so. when you nearly got, got groomed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got groomed and then nothing happened, which is definitely a near miss. That's abs absolutely, that's a big, actually quite a significant near miss mm. in somebody's life. Um, in his life, you think? Yeah. <laughs> He's I'll try and think of better <laughs> He missed ones. that on Fern Brady. Yeah. He's reading that book like, yeah, I did dodge a bullet actually with that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and think of a better one. No, that is a good one. That's a great one. Okay. You have to stop being so hard on yourself. Everything you say will be interesting to us. Oh, no. Fuck. When did you move out of your parents' house? Was it like a, as a result of... Well, there was a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the final time was when I 
Well, though, because even then, I was going to say when I went to uni, but even then I was living with some, like, dodgy guy that I was going out with, so I came back to get my things yeah. to go to uni. So pretty much from, like, 16 to 18, I was getting kicked out of the house and going back all the time. Are you remembering a lot of this stuff because you wrote the book or are these stories? Oh, it's pr- I pretty much permanently remembered yeah. it. <laughs> you um, your brain. Yeah, yeah, no, I remembered it really clearly. Yeah. Um, it was like a working class gap year, basically. <laughs> I, I, did you go to uni? Yeah, yeah, I went to uni, but it took me like six years to finish. Wow. Uh, it was so terrible. <laughs> Which uni did you go to? Uh, Edinburgh. Oh, that's a nice one, right? Yeah, it's good, but I really hated it. Like, um, and it you was... studied Arabic? No, so I started off doing Arabic and Persian with Islamic history. Very early on, I was like, this isn't for me. Mm. I should have just done English. So then I switched to English lit. I don't speak Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like... Because usually when people are in first year at uni, there's a lot of messing about and you mm. go out drinking and stuff. Whereas if you're doing first year Arabic, you really have to buckle down and immediately learn how to write Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was really cocky because I'd done French and Italian and Spanish at school. So I was like, these are too easy. I want a challenge. And it's yeah, just so, so arrogant. And then, yeah, it's really hard. All I can say in Persian is my sister has a pomegranate or my my father has a pomegranate. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like something that would be, I'd be on Duolingo. Yeah. Like, well, well, did you go... You were at Chris's Christmas party, or agent's Christmas party the other week. There wasn't... One of his clients is half Iranian. Right. So I used my one line of <laughs> Farsi on him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, went to Edinburgh uni, hated it. Um... Didn't really have, like, friends there until I joined the student newspaper. And even then, they were all, like, really posh people. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Edinburgh Uni's quite posh, right? Yeah. There's, like, a lot of... Unbelievable degree. Mm. Oh, right. It's, like, Like, really good. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, um... Uh, I think a lot of the people that wouldn't get into Oxbridge would end up at places like Edinburgh. Yeah, and they say that all the time. And it's... That's what's hard, because, like, my... Top choice is their bottoming out. Yeah. Uh, so it's they're oh, constantly. So gross. Yeah, they're constantly just like, oh, it's for um, Oxford and Cambridge rejects. Like I couldn't even apply to those ones <laughs> yeah. because of the way the Scottish state school system set up. Like I just couldn't apply. But then shouldn't so, yeah. all those students have like a really bad inferiority complex? Yeah. Like, or are they still just acting horribly? Oh well, it was a good place to go to learn how to say total bullshit confidently because like people yeah. all the posh people would put their hand up and say stuff in class all the time even if it was dog shit mm-hmm. and then you would have just a handful of Scottish students that would just be sitting staring at their notepads resentfully <laughs> like all the Scottish people there were just quietly angry and didn't speak and you learned to speak up yeah yeah definitely once I became pals with more posh people I just learned like how much stuff is a confidence trick yeah um yeah tell us your sliding doors moment yeah well this is so I'm normally very decisive with everything and quite single-minded in what I'm doing so I don't have many of these moments um basically when I left uni I went to 
I got this um, scholarship, this funding to go and do a postgrad to train as a news journalist. And I really, really just wanted to be a journalist, not so much a news reporter. I wanted to be like a features writer or a mm. columnist or something. But if you're, um, if you don't have contacts or like a parent who's in journalism, the easiest way to get in is through news training. Mm. So I went to, uh, I moved to Sheffield to do. Um, this thing where they train you up as a news reporter and um I couldn't believe I got the funding for it like I was so I was like this is it like I'm actually gonna be a journalist against all the odds and uh unfortunately I'd also started doing stand-up over the summer holidays after graduating and I was just doing it all the time and then my lecturer took me aside and was like you have to stop doing gigs until you finish the course like either cut back on the gigs uh, or or you're going to have to leave the course because you're not going to pass it at this rate. Um, and then I phoned one of my friends from the student newspaper. I think he's the Guardian's sports editor now or something. <laughs> Honestly, he is. Anyway, and he was just like, um, you're making the biggest mistake of your life if you leave this course. Because I'd even had... Um, someone had been in touch about me doing bits of writing for The Sun which I know sounds like if you're outside if you're not trying to get into journalism that sort of shit in The Sun's really bad but it was like a good opportunity yeah Um, yeah, so I'd had all these exciting opportunities but I just had the feeling that I would be better off pursuing stand up and just doing shit jobs that I wouldn't need to put any focus into but yeah, I just remember my friend saying to me, like, this is such a dumb thing to do. But confusingly, the same friend had said to me um, when we were back at Edinburgh Uni, you have to become a stand-up. I definitely think you should be a stand-up. And he'd told me that one night, he'd phoned me from the newspaper he was working at. He was at, like, their Christmas party and he was on ecstasy. Mm. Um, and he, <laughs> he, he said, like, I just feel like because uh, he wasn't normally a very nice person and he was normally quite cutting and callous and he said I've realised that it's your life's purpose to become a stand-up comedian That's so and it nice. was so nice and encouraging it was on ecstasy guys can we just remember yeah, well, still. well it turned out that uh, he because he was like a posh private school boy that didn't know much about drugs uh, he'd been sold a Tic Tac so he was on uh, two minty Tic Tacs <laughs> And that made him feel able to tell me that I should yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that shows you how much the placebo effect yeah, works, though. Really how totally. the fuck do you not notice, though? Because they do have a taste and, like, a specific I, w- I would be um, able to figure out what a Tic Tac is from I'm anywhere. really familiar yeah. with Tic Tac. Yeah. Right? It's just, like, it's so specific. I yeah. Around a Tic Tac, for sure. Um, uh, but, yeah, I remember there was indications that I wasn't going to be a good news reporter because we had to... Um, the course was really intense and uh, there was one day we had to like find ways of making quite dull stories sound really good. Mm-hmm. Like you had to do things like get really dull EU regulations on roads and try and write it so it's relevant to a tabloid audience, which actually was really good for stand-up. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, but there was one day I wrote a story about a little crow with its foot stuck in a roof that squawked all night. <laughs> it was like a report on something that had happened. And I remember my course tutor being like, this is great, the way you wrote about that, the crow and the silly noises it made. And I just, I only like to write about silly things. Mm, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember f- 
thinking that I was too silly a person to be a news reporter. I can say that. It's it's kind of hard. I don't know if I'm explaining it very I well. I would absolutely love it if you were a journalist, though. Just based on your social media outlook. <laughs> oh. Once you got past the point of like trying to like impress people, I yeah. think the articles you wrote would be absolutely insane. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think so they'd too. be incredible. I don't know. I just, I, 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 it's such an unethical job as well. And I mm. think a lot of journalists are as narcissistic as comedians, but like they're so pompous and take themselves so seriously. Yeah, when you're a comedian, you don't have to like manipulate people. I know people do. Yeah, yeah. Journalists usually have to kind of trick people into getting information and stuff. Mm. Which, so what, and I've seen people do that, yeah. like people I'm friends with who are journalists do that. Yeah. Sorry, what were you? No, I was going to ask, like, did you just feel. Because um, so you made the decision to pursue stand up. Yeah, and then I left the course, and it was awful because like I was still in the uni accommodation, and then I remember the grants people found out that I'd left, and they were like wow. really annoyed. Yeah. Um, and I was supposed to go to some ceremony. There was like some party with all the other people that had got this grant, and they were gonna like show off how they were helping get socially diverse people <laughs> into journalism and I just felt like I'd let them down so badly but I just knew I wasn't going to do reporting and did it feel good though did you feel relief um well no I, then about like three years into stand-up I was like oh god I made such a mistake mm. leave it because I've read that three years into comedy is the hardest point there was some chartle thing that mm. said that's when most people want to quit. Mm. That's when they get their first chortle review. <laughs> I think it's Three also, years. well, yeah, actually, yeah, actually, that was when I got reviews, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel Reason like there's like a, I... it must be the point in which you can, you can no longer, um, you know, when you can be delusional for the first three years, maybe, but then yeah. after that, you have to kind of be like, okay, you have to have some evidence, evidence to back up it's gonna that, go well. that, it, that it might, that you're not delusional. And also, I feel like the first three years, all the eccentric or mentally ill people that you meet at gigs, you're like, this is so much fun. Mm. <laughs> what a bohemian lifestyle, these car journeys. Yeah. And then it yeah. starts to get old and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, three years in, I was like, I've completely thrown away this really good education and I'm ruining my life. And then I started trying to write bits and pieces for The Guardian. Um, but then because of that... Uh, weirdly, Tommy from the stand, the guy that runs the stand, um, saw my articles and then got me on Stuart Lee's TV show. So that it weirdly made me like just propelled me forward and yeah. stand up. That's and amazing. then I moved to London. That's amazing. Yeah, it was that's, really weird. That's, such that's a, a great. Moment. That's such yeah. a good one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I was. I thought that was going to be me going back into writing, but then it just ended up being mm. a stand-up thing. I had a moment like that where I was doing a marketing marketing internship and... Is that what you did at uni? No, I did drama at uni. Oh. I got a job in a, in a drama school in marketing. And my manager, I was gigging loads like every night. So I'd go, I'd leave work, go to a gig, get like... My house was in like zone four. So I was like not sleeping very much. I was exhausted. And I was so shit at this job. And my manager pulled me aside one day and was like... I know that you're like really enjoying doing the stand up and stuff, but like you can't carry on doing, you can't keep doing this because mm. you're like not doing this job to the best of your ability. And like, but she would make a lot of snide comments about the stand up and things. And like, 
if anybody did that kind of thing where they would be like, oh, well, Sarah's going to be a big comedian. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She'd yeah. be like, you know, what'll happen kind of thing. Like, she'd <gasps> like, make little, she'd be like, all right, well, and uh, so now it's very gratifying. Uh, we're still friends on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I don't tag her in stuff, but I think about it. Mm. That's so, yeah, because I, I, people, colleagues were so cunty about it at yeah. work mm. that I just started to keep it quiet um and just not tell people and then i would find it really hard to lie about my weekends because they would always ask what i did at the weekend mm. and i would have to i'm not good at making things up so i would make up really stupid sounding lies <laughs> um and go into too much detail um yeah i can yeah. highly recommend uh, do, going to a different country to try uh stand up because nobody you know is like there yeah, yeah, it's, ama true. it's amazing. I was like so happy that I got to fail in anonymity. I remember doing a work in progress in Edinburgh, doing a forty-minute show, and a, a friend of my parents had said that he wanted to come. Ugh. He turned up after the show had finished because they didn't realize that like it wasn't just it starts at this time and then sort of goes on all night, and you can like pop in when you want. <laughs> so they turned up sure right after the show had finished. So I was still in the venue. They walked into the room. And I was like, he was like, what's going on? I was like, the show's over because you didn't arrive at the time I said it was on. Yeah. And he was like, would well, you want to have a drink upstairs? And I was like, sure. I hadn't seen him in years. And we sat down, him and his new partner who I'd never met. And he was like, he's like an accountant or something. And he and he looked at me and he went, so how long are you going to give this a go for then? Ugh! And I was like, have you just, you just come here to set, have this conversation with me? Like, what oh the my fuck? God. I was like, what are you talking about? So. It's so weird. It's the only thing where people feel like it's a threat to them or undermining them in some way. Or like, like they have a responsibility to intervene. It's they're, so strange. They're seeing so you strange. doing this. They're like, mm. i got to say something because it's obviously never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing else I can think of that's, that's, um, that's like that. But yeah, I've had a lot of that. Even actually at Christmas there, I was at a wedding. Uh, it was my boyfriend's friend's wedding. This guy, in the speeches, they were saying that he's the funniest person in the office. And when they said that, that was when I was like, oh, that's why you're like that about my job. Like, he's still... See, yeah. yeah, like, he just cannot believe that I make money off it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, so yeah. shocked by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had... Uh, I, had, I mean, I, yeah, we could go on forever. Yeah, we but, could go on uh, forever. Yeah, we should probably... Yeah. What, what time is it? Do we have to thank? Yes, we should thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank okay. you, Fern. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Fern. Thank you so much for doing this. Genuinely, those were great thank stories. You. Where can people find you if they're looking for you? Oh, I'm mostly on Instagram now at Fern from Bathgate, and I'm on Twitter at Fern Brady. Um, and I, then I don't even run my Facebook. I hate Facebook. Yes, and what is the name of your book? Oh, oh. <laughs> strong female character everyone thinks I've called it that in earnest no, oh, no. Uh, yeah I'm like oh. yeah, should read the book. but, but yeah. to be fair my book is dead good um, like I don't think people know that I can even type or, or spell <laughs> but it's actually a good book so there you go great that's good stuff and it's please, out now well no it's not out till next month you have to pre-order right please pre-order it yes. because um, if I can sell another 200 copies it'll be an instant bestseller and then I'll get lots of cuddles from the publisher or something yes <laughs> do, you, do you want cuddles from the publisher 
Well, I, no, but I want them to be pleased with me. And yeah, you have to really push the Also, you want, you want it to be an instant bestseller. How cool would that yeah. be? Sure. Yeah. That'd be yeah. sick. Go out and pre-order Everyone Fern's that listens book. to this has to buy a pre-order Fern's book. Yeah. It's so embarrassing, but yeah, you really do have to push the pre-orders. Um, That's great. Okay, yeah, we should, th- we should yeah. say thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Fern. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Fern Brady. That was Fern. That was Fern Brady. She's so great. She's so great. What a life she's lived. Every everyone we've been having on is is is, is really interesting and has a really great life mm. full of like color. And yeah. we need to um, get more boring people on. Nobody's fought a fire though, have they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, Sarah's on the fire thing Maybe again. Fire, fire, yeah, 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 yeah. But no. you've only done this once now. Will you go back? I'd love to go back. Okay. And they they will have me back, I think. They need you. The way I handled the hose, they said. Come back. <laughs> Come back, they said. That's what she said. We need you. <laughs> That's what she said. My girlfriend. <laughs> the way you handled that hose yeah makes me want to leave you <laughs> oh it was supposed to be a hoses penis joke oh right I know you didn't get it because you're no, no, a no, lesbian it, it was a penis joke my <laughs> girlfriend saw me with a penis that's what she she saw me with one severed <laughs> she, she caught me with a severed penis yeah a horrible day actually. a horrible day mm. yeah I don't know why they would have you back if uh, you were just walking around with severed penises whose is it um, I should have known George George. <laughs> Apologies, George. Sorry, George. George, if you're listening, I have your penis. <laughs> See, this is what phone is. Email in. I guess. As, uh, we're just thinking about I'll send it right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know what's happening is we spend too much time in this podcast studio. Yeah, we need, we to, need get to get out of here. We need to get out of here. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please follow us on all of the things that you follow people on. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm at Mickey Overman. I'm at Sarah K Comedy, but just type my name into any of them. Sarah underscore Keyworth, whatever you want. Just Sarah Keyworth and you'll find me. I'll be there. Um, thank you so much to everyone that signed up to our Patreon. Thank you. And we want more of you to do it. Also. Do it. Do it. We can't keep making this podcast. Also, we the can't. podcast episodes on Patreon are so much longer if you want more of this. Yeah, if you want more. And if you don't sign up, I'll feed Lucas to a shark. Oh, yeah. Can you do that as a firefighter now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shark yeah. access? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Give you the shark keys. They give me a little shark card. Um, yeah, please do that. And then also e- uh, email us at thank fuck for that. I said thank. Thank fuck for that uh, without the U. In the fuck in at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. Um, with your uh, questions and listener stories and all that. Thank you very much. Um, also, plug. We have to plug. Oh, yeah. Let's plug. I'm just going to come to my Vault shows. Come to my Vault shows. I'm on tour still. I will be touring until the end of March with a final last hurrah at Bloomsbury Theatre in London. Oh, you have to um, come to that, guys. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Um, so please do come along. Um, we appreciate you. We couldn't we love you. We couldn't do this without you. Yeah. We really couldn't. We couldn't. But so we... thank you so much for listening and, yeah. and supporting and everything. Uh, please tell your friends. Hey, and take care out there. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah but take care out there. Take, look after each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's end this now. Come on. Hug each other. Oh, no. She's still on it. Hug each other. Hold each other close. Oh, God. Sarah's dying. It's happening. <laughs> And? And you'll hear us next time. You'll hear us next time. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Thank Fuck For That. It was hosted by Mickey Overman and Sarah Keyworth and produced by Lucas Jeffcoat with music from Ben Cavanaugh. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.